Stories podcast. Dan, uh, I am uh, <laughs> super excited to talk to you. Have you ever heard of a guy called Brandon Sanderson? No, I okay. actually have not. So he is a author. Um, he's written a book, um, and I've talked I talked about it um, before on this podcast. But um, he's written a nov uh, a series of novels that all revolve around one story, and it's famous for its magic system. Um, and the reason I get into that, or I say that, is because um, you have, um, for, I forget how long it's been, I feel like it's been at least three years, four years maybe, since we first started um, the story game that you've you've created. Yeah. Um, and I was hoping to stop, maybe talk about that a little bit, um, and I'm excited to talk about that, um, because... Currently, it's kind of a weird um, place that we're in because the story game actually isn't necessarily finished. Right. We're still trying to finish it up and just scheduling things have gotten in the way. Um, and uh, so, um, but you've agreed to hopefully talk about what you can talk about. Sure. Um, here no on spoilers. No spoilers, obviously. Um, but... Uh, yeah, so I guess the first question that I would have for you is what what was the inspiration maybe for this story game that you've created? And secondly, what made you want to 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 tell the story? Well, okay, so that's two questions. One is, what is the inspiration for the story? And the second was, well, I'll come back to the second. You might have to remind me the second one. Okay, okay. So as far as the inspiration, I guess I have to back up a second. So... Uh, you've had Noah on the podcast before, and of course Noah's a good friend of mine. And he started this whole story game thing. Like that's where it started. So, so when he started it, I remember being there. The first story, which was just a zombie apocalypse story, and I immediately fell in love with. The idea of telling, of telling a story, and and having certain certain things happen throughout the, the story, it was a lot faster pace than say like D and D, and I was really attracted to that. I liked uh, I liked that setup better. It felt more real and more in the moment for me personally. So after I did that. After after I was a part of that story, and, and we died very painful, <laughs> excruciating deaths, I, I loved it so much that I started creating some of my own stories. And I told stories in 
my college, which maybe you know, maybe you don't know. Um, I did uh, stories with my friends at church. I did stories with uh, my cousins. And everyone I did it with basically loved it. Like, they all, like, really enjoyed it. And so that's kind of where I got on the the high, so to speak, of, of telling stories through this uh, new form. And we get a couple years later, and Noah decided that he wanted to do a longer form story. He wanted to do his... Entomon story, which was thrilling to be a part of. I know you were a part of it, and you had such an incredible character, <laughs> and I really enjoyed it, and I had uh, a slightly more incredible character, <laughs> uh, <laughs> and uh, it was great. It was awesome, and, and so after he did that, I feel like everything was kind of, uh, I feel a little bit like a copycat, a little bit. But there were concepts where I was like, I really like this long form storytelling style a little bit where you get to see the characters really develop over time. This, is, this really brings what I think the best aspect of D&D is. It brings that aspect to, to this uh, median of storytelling, which I think, which I enjoy even more so after after i had started to go through that i I wanted to do a story but i I wasn't really sure what so it didn't just like i I wanted to do it before i knew what i was going to to do it and my friend pj who's also a friend in, in our group in our circle he had mentioned that it'd be really cool for me to do a Lord of the Rings story. Well, PJ and I are huge fans of the Lord of the Rings uh, trilogy um, and a pretty big fan of like the lore. And I really thought about that a lot because I love fantasy. I love, I love all of that. But I felt like the types of stories that I maybe wanted to tell it was going to feel a little bit limiting using someone else's world. And so then that's when I came up with the idea to create Taboola, um, which is the world that, that I went ahead and created and for, for my story to take place. And, and that was so much fun. I, I, I enjoyed creating um, over, I think there's over 120 races in the story so it's a really big world as far as diversity of of creatures uh as far as um um as far as different races um and then on top of that all the little creatures that uh exist in the world and i i loved i loved creating all that i mean there's so much content that that my characters haven't even like touched the surface of like uh, of the world. Um, so, anyways, I could get into the lore more, but I feel like <laughs> yeah. that's starting to exit out of the <laughs> out of the question a little bit. But basically, you know, I was inspired uh, 
by Lord of the Rings. I was inspired by Noah. And and that's kind of how things how things started. Okay. So interesting. Some of that I knew already and some of that I didn't. Um it's it's actually really interesting um to hear how um you know ideas get started by one person and then other people are are wit- witness to that, right? And then go off themselves and can create other things that are are either similar or not similar at all, but it was because of that initial idea, right? Right. That they were able to then jump, use that as a jumping off point. So um, that's super cool. Um, the, <laughs> the, um, I had a question. Um, I, I want to get to the second question that I ask you, but before we do that, um, I wanted to, um, touch a little bit on what you talked, what you were talking about when you were creating, uh, Tabula, did you find it difficult to know, like how difficult was it for you to create the story? Does that make sense? In terms of in terms of just being like, okay, this is this is a jumping off point. Yeah. And then where do I go from here, basically? Yeah. No, that's a really good question. So I believe that each of us have different gifts abilities and talents just across the board Um, one of the fun things i think and and i'll I'll get to your question one of the fun things i think about our friend group is so many people in our friend group have basically taken noah's idea and tried to do their own version and the really fun thing about that is these different friends of ours the way they tell these stories are different in such a way that you can tell what the storyteller's strengths are and maybe what their weaknesses are. But, and it's very reflective of their personality. So for me, I think one of my strengths is seeing a big picture and executing on it. Like that is... So for me... Once I started getting the ball rolling, coming up with ideas like crazy, it was not that challenging. Like everything kind of fell into place uh, and it just fit. Like it wasn't one of those things where you're like, oh, I just can't figure out what to do with this particular piece. Everything just kind of fell into place. And the parts that didn't fall into place, and this is really interesting that you might not realize... In the very first book, book one that we did, if it didn't fall into place yet, you as the characters and the way that you interacted really made the final pieces that maybe I hadn't thought about yet come into place. Hmm. And so maybe if you had played your characters differently, the story would have taken a pretty big turn, even from that perspective. Interesting. I remember... Uh, we've had we've had multiple conversations where we've said you know dude this this uh, my character had a decision and there's there two there was two ways this could have gone 
and I chose one, but what happens if I chose the other? Like yeah. there, there's so many, um, there's so many moments like that where they, they could have changed things. And I know you've said that. Um, and, um, so yeah, it's, it's, it's cool to think about all the variations that come from that. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, your character, Morgog, which is Josh's character in the story, um, especially near the end, I feel like has been put in so many challenging situations that that really would change not only Morgok's character a lot, but the world in general quite a bit. Um, that it has a pretty big, um, pretty big ripple effect for, for your particular character. But also, it's been cool to watch your character in particular. These decisions really wrestle through because the the one of the things I love about Morgog's character is he's on a road to self-discovery. He he doesn't really know who he is entirely. And these decision these these two different choices as you speak, I think there's more than two different choices many times. There's just <laughs> two choices you figure out. Uh, <laughs> but um these different choices that you have are really cool. There's an extra layer because they're not only choices of what happens, but they're also choices of who he becomes. So right. it's multi-layered. Yeah. Which is really, really cool. So Morgog as a character could have gone in a lot of different ways just over the maturing of his his character and his story. Do you think it's hard as a storyteller, as the person who was kind of behind the scenes, you know, moving, not really necessarily moving the puppets, that's a bad analogy because you gave us so much agency with our characters. But yet at the same time, when we made choices, those choices had consequences. So as as someone who was behind the scenes with that um, point of view, did you find it hard sometimes to maybe, um, I don't want to say guide the story, but, but but tell the story that you wanted to tell because with every story, there's a guy, there's a, there's a, there's an end goal, right? Or there's at least something that the players are striving towards. And so then when you have that much agency in a story, sometimes things can get out of hand or some things, sometimes things can um, change certain aspects of that to make it difficult. So what did you think about that? I guess in, in, in that regard. For some stories that I've told, I've found that to be very challenging. The thing about Tabula, the world of Tabula, I think it really is impacted. A lot of the weight of the storytelling is placed upon the individual. Really, I feel like two things. The individual cultures of the different countries that are within the world of Tabula, 
in those countries become unified with other countries for similar goals and purposes. And that affects things a lot. And that does a lot of the heavy lifting because there's something bigger than your characters going on. It's really how are your characters somewhat going to respond to the events that are bigger than bigger than themselves. The other aspect is is the characters themselves, which they play a major role in the story. Uh, but your characters have really have really truly never put me in a spot where it's like, oh my gosh, I don't know how I'm going to do the next session because I'm just like trapped. Now, there have been some times where after sessions, uh, a lot with you, was like, (laughs) oh my freaking gosh, like this is crazy. Like (laughs) this is going to affect this and this and this. And now the whole story is going to be different because of this particular decision. And that happened lots of times. One of the things about this particular story, for those of you who are listening, is the main characters are chosen to to basically be the, the characters that defeat the evil main um, main power in the world of Tubula, the main villain. And they're the only ones that can defeat the main villain because they've been chosen uh, by almost think of like the the gods of the of this world so to speak and so so anyways Hmm. that's interesting it's 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 knowing you as a friend dan uh it's very uh i'm starting to make connections on um having everyone who played in your game in your story game as their own character they really are playing the main hero in a group of heroes that are fi- all fighting for one good but they're they're all functioning as their own heroes which is super cool um and i didn't really necessarily think about that until now um until book five. <laughs> Until book five. <laughs> it's been going on for four to five for, years. Forever. Forever. <laughs> oh, book five is not, but yeah, the rest of yeah. the story, like five years. Yeah. yeah. Um, so that's, that's interesting um, because normally you would have, I would think, either one person or everyone's just a collective hero in quotes. Right. Um, but really they're, they're telling their own story and it, they're the hero of the story. Yes. And that yeah. is, that is hero or, you know, in some cases the villain. <laughs> so, yeah. And the interesting thing has been, all of you have had very different opportunities as characters, and yet all of you as heroes have had 
lots of opportunities to become more of a hero in both the heroic sense of the the word, but also in the power sense of the word as the story has gone out and seeing you make different choices throughout the story. I mean, your character both took lots of power lots of times and gave up lots of power. And that's something that's been really interesting is just the reason why those characters choose what they choose later yeah. on has been has been really cool. I've always I've always said or had the opinion that when when you create a character, whether that's in D&D or in these story games, it's very hard to not include something about yourself as a person into the character. There's some part of you that is is um helping shape that character. Yeah. And that has always, always been a very interesting thing to me. Um, and just, it's made me more interested in other people's characters because you get to see maybe a part of, because it's, it's uh, fictional. Right. You get to see a different side of yeah. that person. And that's yeah. so cool to me that it, you, I don't, it would be, I think for me, you might not ever get to see that side of them. Right. Right. And so yeah, that's absolutely. what makes it, that's what makes it really cool. Yeah, no, for sure. And you know, I think that is what makes the story feel so alive and genuine and real because the more the story goes on the more that your character as Morgog, Zach's character as Calden, you know PJ's character as Magni these characters as time goes on you see more and more of the actual person in the character that they're playing and it is super interesting because like you said, you know, you might be playing a character where it's like, oh, this is, this is how, you know, PJ would be if he was a psychopathic <laughs> lunatic. Like, this is, this is what he would be like. I, I had no idea. And it's, it's, it's super, it's super interesting to see how just maybe... A couple different things in our own lives if they would be different how much of an impact that would have on us mm -hmm. like if just a f in, a, in real life if just a few more elements were different from our story you know how how different would our lives be and you see that in the characters all the time in these these stories so while they're fictional you're right they tell a very real story in a sense which is incredibly profound yeah yeah just trying to process that 
And that's also the cool thing about the storytellers as well. Because the storytellers, there's a piece of them in the world. And and maybe, maybe you've picked this up or not, but the most intriguing villains and characters, good guy characters, allies, in both Noah's story and my story, have a piece of ourselves very much in those characters. And you can, if you really look closely, you can see, see that piece. Mm-hmm. Because there's something, there's something real that is grabbed. I think Noah does that a little bit better than I do. Noah can go ahead and grab other people's character other people's character traits and like mix them in and making some really authentically interesting characters and he does a phenomenal job with that but i find that to be very fascinating too how the storyteller plays a big part in some of the characters in oh the story. F- for sure for sure um and that's always been something for me as someone who can be a storyteller but it's much more work much more time intensive for me to play that role and so i i have given that up so that <laughs> so sacrificial <laughs> i have given that up willingly <laughs> so that i can play these amazing uh, uh, just ultimately powerful <laughs> characters who well, can't, who can't be defeated well ever let's Let's tone it Maybe. down a little bit. <laughs> Maybe. We'll see. Um, so, yeah. So, but, but, but having the ability to... And I've seen this with both you and Noah. The ability to get into other characters' minds. Not player characters, but just NPCs. And really live live through them in quotes um and really give them life and make them feel like they are their own person like there's another you know human player playing that person but is but that is vastly different from you know maybe you're in a group of npcs and your your storyteller has to do all of those people yeah um and that's always been a huge um interesting um part of storytelling to me because i very often find it hard to get into that headspace yeah and i think with people like you and noah it makes your stories so much more believable and more lifelike because you have that um vast um difference yeah in character so for sure so uh brandon sanderson um he obviously is a writer like i said author um he was talking in one of his lectures on youtube about how there are three main parts to any story there is plot, there is character, and there is setting. Mm. And generally, generally you want all three to be really good. 
to have right. a really good story, right? Yeah. But if you can only have two be really good, you generally want your characters and your plot to be really, really good. Yeah. You don't, it doesn't necessarily mean that the setting is bad. It just right. means that your setting or your, your character and your plot are better. Right. Um, and he also talked about in that same lecture that there are three sub categories for plot. Mm-hmm. Um, and those being um, a promise progress and then payoff basically Hmm. um and how all those three make up your plot um he talked specifically about how every story to be engaging and interesting has to make a promise and you don't necessarily have to tell your readers immediately what that promise is but you have to allude to it in some way and Hmm. with that obviously there are twists to stories too and twists are are maybe they are they are they are promises that go from being less important to the main promise to being the main promise. That's a twist. Um, a good example of this is Luke Skywalker. I knew you were going to go there. <laughs> Luke Skywalker. <Episode> five? <laughs> Maybe? A New Hope. Dang it. That was wrong. <laughs> no. Right, um, he wants to travel the world. He wants to travel the world, go, go see the stars, spaceship, right. all that stuff. Right? But then the twist is he meets Leia and he has these, he, he has his whole, I want to travel the world thing derailed. And I mean, he still gets to do it. Right. But it takes maybe a backseat to these bigger plans of becoming a Jedi and saving the galaxy. Right, because he has the hots for his sister, who finds out it's his sister, which yes. is very unfortunate. Yes. And then he finds out that the villain of the story is his dad. They've got really big family issues in that. Yeah, lots of families. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so what do you think about that? And how do, hmm. how do setting, plot, and your characters play a role in your story? What did you... Let's let's ask this question. What what did do you think you tended to focus on more in your story? Report more of an emphasis. Yeah. On? So I started out with a basic plot, and the basic plot is that these four super powerful beings are world creators, right? They create these different worlds, um, and each of these beings have their own own twist, their own you know sh- thing that they add. You know, Kretora is the one that that creates the way that the uh, 
world itself looks and um, creates the creatures and creates all the different life, basically, of the, the place. And then you've got Relica, and she really is, she really takes that life and, and really adds beauty and color and food and all these different things that, that we as humans really appreciate in life. And she really adds that to, to the life. So it's not just these beings that exist, but they exist and they experience Right, and then you've got, um, you've got, Antiquorum, and he's really what gives the world weight. He's really what makes the world have anything that has anything real to it. That's not just we're not just eating and drinking and being merry, but there's there's actual weight to to the world. And then of course Belmont is really the the being that really steps over that that uh who who really creates problems for for the world which makes it have a good story right every story has a good a good problem and in this particular story belmont crosses the line he goes too far and digs, they digs too deep he, that's that's right good good <laughs> reference there and uh <laughs> And gets banished to to the world. Um, in the process, he ends up uh, killing one of the three of the of the other beings. And so, when that happens, as the one being is dying, which is Antiquam, he goes ahead and goes ahead and creates the the chosen. Or he imbues the ability for the chosen to be to be born, to to stop Belmont every ten thousand years, because every ten thousand years Belmont is is reborn, um, and then the chosen will be reborn to to face face him. But Belmont can never leave the world of Tabula, and so that that really is the how the plot really starts. And from there, once I had that, then it really came to creating the setting of the world. What is what is the world really going to look like? And, and some of this is kind of intertwined where I had ideas before, um, but you start creating the, the people and the cultures and the landscapes and their, their history, which is... Uh, plays into the plot so you're you're really creating that background and then from there the characters that I really focused on was creating your characters and so what what character did I feel like would be the most interesting for each of you to play and so I chose based upon you know your your personality, but also chose on hopefully giving you an experience that maybe you hadn't had before, and the way that this particular character worked. And so then you had the developing of Belmont's character himself a little bit more, and then after that started to really develop the the side characters, and then started to develop the plots for those characters. So so all three of these things kind of are intermerged a little bit. There's a 
different things at different times and then coming back to different things and then going back and forth. But I, I probably spent the most time early on on the the world building, the, the background uh, or the setting, um, as, as you put it. And then later on in the story, I spent more time on the plot. And now near the end of the story, my biggest emphasis is the characters themselves. Um, there's been a bigger character shift as the story has has gone, uh, which I, from a storyteller, I've really enjoyed a lot. Uh, really emphasizing the the characters and really seeing who they truly are here at the end when their entire world is kind of shaken in book five. Yeah. Hmm. That's good. Well, you know, that would be a great segue to another set of questions for a part two of uh, episode five. So, um, yeah, you know, as listeners, sometimes you have to wait for good things. And um, those good things sometimes take a while. So, uh, yeah, we'll see you in part two of episode five.